Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Leah from Parker Place. She is a wife, a mom, um, of two with one on the way, a former teacher, a woodworker from way back. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this episode. Um, even learning about perhaps a strange job such as being a mascot. Um, but it was super fun to learn about that as well. And forewarning, you will probably hear little bits and pieces of my dog Oz snoring in the background. Apologize for that. The little booger just would not wake up while I was talking with Leah. So if you hear some rumbles in the background, that is what it is. It is my little terrier mixed dog in the background. Anyways, before I let you get to the interview, um, I haven't asked for a while, but if you are listening to the Maker Mom podcast and you're really enjoying it, there are two things that you could do to help the podcast out. One being, make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on and leave a review if that's possible. Um, that helps the podcast get discovered by more people. And the second thing is if you're really, really loving it and you want to see the podcast keep going um, with as few of ads as possible, if you want to become a patron of the podcast, that would be awesome. So go check out patreon.com forward slash maker mom podcast and of course um, when you become a patron there are all sorts of goodies you can get depending on the tier that you uh, sign up for the lowest being just a dollar a month that's just twelve dollars a year and you get to keep listening to the podcast every week plus you get early access to the shows so if you would love to help out, those are the two things that would help out the most, and it will be greatly appreciated, and I'm going to do a thank you right now to the people who are already patrons of the podcast. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. You help make this show go on every week, so I appreciate that a lot. All right. Without any further rambling from me, here is Leah with Parker Place. All right, so why don't we start with uh, give an introduction, introduce yourself, you know, who are you, what do you like to do, about your kiddos, whatever you feel like sharing. Oh, man, I have no pregame with this, so there's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth. These days, life is pretty simple. I'm Leah Parker. I live, I have a husband, Seth Parker. We live in Atlanta, Texas. We have two kids. Uh, one of them is Lola Jean Parker. She is named after her grandmothers. She is three years old and she is like my mini me in the best and maybe not so much the best ways, you know? Um, and then my son, Solomon Parker, he, uh, man, he's a hoot. He's a 
on my husband's side of the family, there's all girls, like all of the, his siblings have had girls. So he's the only sole boy heir. And so we're trying to like, you know, make him like Thor worthy for the name. And, but he's just a big puddle of love and he actually has temperature right now. So he's getting all the snuggles and then I'm pregnant with my third. Um, when it's your third baby, like, I don't know how many weeks pregnant I am. I'm in the twenties somewhere, but I'm not sure at what point <laughs> I can't remember. I've got an appointment tomorrow. I'm sure they'll tell me, but, uh, it's a little girl and her name will be Livy Kathleen Parker. And that's life. We live up here on little East Texas Hill by a lake and we do small town life and I get out in the shop every day that I can. And when my husband's home, we have family time and I cook dinner and I like it like that. It's real simple. That's why I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to tell you guys. It's uh, yeah, we just kind of hang out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, congrats on being pregnant with number three. Um, I bow down to you moms who have more than two because I couldn't handle more than two. Um, well, I don't know I handle if I handle it well, but uh, everybody's fed and clothed. So yeah, I consider that a win. Yeah. Um, how old's your son? Oh, he's a, uh, hold on. He's a one and a half. I got it. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're going to have like three or yeah. four. You are a very brave woman. Um, you know, if you're going to be miserable, just be miserable all at once. Cause I heard it gets better. <laughs> so I'm just taking that rumor and taking it to the bank. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go kind of back a ways to your childhood. What was your childhood like? Uh, where'd you grow up? What were your interests? Oh man. Um, I grew up in Orange, Texas, which is way down, down Southeast, right by the Gulf of Mexico and Louisiana. Um, we're five minutes from the Louisiana border, which oddly enough, now I live in Atlanta, which is four hours North still in Texas because Texas is huge. And I'm just by the Louisiana border. So apparently me and Louisiana, we like to hang out, but, um, it's where hurricanes hit mosquitoes are grown as pets and foes and, my family, all of my family still lives there. Love them dearly. Visit them as much as possible. And um, I'm the youngest of two girls. Uh, all L names, which is why my girls also have L names. So it's Lainey Lauren and I'm Leah. Then I've got Lola and Livy. Um, but childhood was, man, it, it was a time saturated in encouragement and love and hey you can literally do anything so go do anything and unfortunately I still believe that and so I that's kind of what propels all the things I get myself into but um but I was a typical um I anything I could put my hands to I did it so music uh which I still play enjoy playing tons of instruments my husband and I do and uh and I did art, and I took shop for a year, which is probably why this shop obsession continues on. Um, I loved sports. I played every sport that I could put my hands on. and I still like to run today whenever I don't have a huge human growing on the front half of me. So, um, But that was life. I just, I really enjoyed people, and I enjoy doing things, and doing things helps you enjoy people. So... This is true. All right. So first instruments, what's your favorite instruments to play? 
Oh man. I, I had like a huge mouthful of braces in school. So they didn't send me the trumpet clarinet flute route because my mouth was like, it didn't, they didn't really, my lips didn't fit over my braces. So they were like, Ooh, you're going to go play percussion. Like you need to hit stuff. And I was like, you know what? I can get down with that. So that started years and years of hand drums and uh, piano was thrown in there. So I'm able to do all that. And then guitar and stuff came later with college as college does. And um, so now I, probably my favorite though, I love playing a cajon. It's a wooden box drum, which is on my to-do list to make because they're really not that crazy of a build, but um, they're really, really fun drums. They add a lot of, a lot of, oomph to a song so are those the ones you sit on yes and beat on okay yes you got it <laughs> nailed it I I like see people playing them and I'm just like that looks like so much fun no you need one like yeah. now we're gonna build one together <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah. add it to um, the list add it to the list that's right all right and then um so you took a year of shop uh your older sister, your parents, um, any of them into crafting or making of any sort? Oh, I come from a long line of rich maker women. And, uh, but my dad is actually the one who's accredited to getting my first power tool. Whenever I got married to my husband, we were in this rent house in Tyler, Texas. And for Christmas, he gave me a table saw, Roby table saw, which I just now got rid of. And that was probably seven years ago and uh man we started using the dog out of it just making solutions at the house and you know you're young and married and you don't want to spend money on the adult things so you spend money on other things that aren't adult things to make adult things and that's kind of the way it got going but the true spirit of it besides my dad who can really make anything that he wants to uh my grandparent my grandmother we would always get together with her sisters and my mom and we would sit around coffee late at night and there would be some craft that they would pick. And from as long as I can remember, that's just kind of what we did. Like we just hung out and made whatever or washed windows or solved some kind of problem or I don't know. So I guess ever since I just kind of have that inside of me and my sisters do too. And Mine has been funneled more into the woodworking side of things. Um, now my grandmother, I think she knits and crochets probably the most out of anything. But I, I really give a whole lot of props to Marjean Mitchell and Beverly Frederick. That's my grandma and my mom. <laughs> well, that's awesome. It sounds almost like a uh, women's maker guild that you kind of oh, grew yeah. up with. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like it's like the club that like fight club, you don't talk about it. You're just in it. And like, you don't have a choice to be in it. You just better go get your crafting pants on and get to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay. So post high school, what'd you do post high school? Oh man. Went to college. Uh, I was a mascot my senior year of high school. I guess I could have thrown that in there. Uh, so that subsequently became what I did first off in college. And then also it was my first real job to be a mascot instructor, which is not, you know, people hear that and they're like, what do you instruct? Like, yeah, you're going to have to explain yeah. what a mascot <laughs> instructor is. now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me unpack this real quick. So 
from junior high on up to high school. And then I also taught collegiate mascots for gosh, three or four years while I was in college. Uh, I was a summer gig. So during the year I was obviously in school, mascotting, do whatever, but there's like curriculum that you can teach because there there's kind of a code of mascotting. Like I'm not even going to get into the nitty gritties because I truly believe in it. And I kind of nerd out a tiny little bit. I love it. In fact, I still have a mascot uniform upstairs in my closet it, and it smells horrible, but every now and again, I get it out. But um, you just teach kids how to, how to follow the rules and just break the rules all at one time while in character and all that kind of stuff. And not just kids though, um, college kids too. And it was a blast. And it also taught me that I was a good teacher and I could do that kind of stuff. I could sell just how to be yourself and get that out of people. And which subsequently pushed me to be, to go the teaching route in college. So it was a great time. I think there just needs to be like a comedy movie made instead of like <laughs> band camp. It's mascot camp. I totally see that. Like Hollywood hey, that, needs to pick that up. <laughs> that movie would get so weird so fast. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I don't know. I don't know who would come out to watch it besides other mascots. They're like, yeah, that's us. <laughs> All right. So you're in college doing the mascot thing, but what did you uh, get your degree in? Uh, my degree was in all level K through 12, uh, physical education and teaching. And I went the kinesiology route, almost went clinical with it to where it was more the, uh, um, what was I going to do? Look, I can't even remember now. Cause I think that's about 10 years ago. Should I even say that number out loud? No, it's but, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I was going to go the clinical route, but then realized that probably my my personality would be better lent to more people. And um, so I, I went the education route and have not regretted a day of it. Um, I played soccer my last two years of school and ran cross country. So all those things, having good coaches for me as an older athlete, you know, in my 20s uh, or 1920 and all that helped me be prepare me to be a better coach for others and just a better have better relationships with others and that's what pushed me to teaching and um so I, I haven't regretted a bit not a day of it I love teaching do you foresee going back into teaching once your kids are kind of older man that's a million dollar question the bad <laughs> the bad thing about Texas is if you're gonna you know with my degree is kinesiology even if I had a kindergarten to you know elementary age job they want you to coach and coaching is an investment of your life it is not a job you can't to me if I'm going to do it well other people may be able to you know function differently but if I'm going to do it well I got to be there and wholly there and I at this point I'm kind of hoping the woodworking gig keeps going and fulfilling me in a way that gets me out with people because I think if I do teaching, I don't know, but you know what, like today that problem doesn't have to be solved. So I'm up for it. I'm up. If a job came up, there's no telling what I would do. I kind of like jumping into things. I don't, I think a lot of us are like that with woodworking. We just kind of jump and say, it'll work out. Yeah. Or I'll have a huge scrap pile of wood. <laughs> There you go. Well, you yeah. never know. There could be some overlap, right? Teaching, yeah. woodworking to kids. 
other, yeah. other maker moms totally uh totally do that and right you know, on you're the inspiration right? yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> okay so how long would you say you've been like being a maker or woodworker and how'd you get started that's I guess whenever I got the table saw that opened up the first big door to start we made uh, Seth and I made ourselves a a coffee table and and it was awesome and we actually used it up until we moved into the house that we're in now uh, two or three years ago and we gifted it to his parents but making that and then making a few other things just kind of solve some of the problems and then later on uh, Seth he had we both graduated from East Texas Baptist University and uh, and he continued his education in the radiology radiology technology program so x-ray and all that business but to get through that school we were both working our jobs and we needed just that extra little bit of income so the story goes that uh we started making like pallet wood of i think like everybody's entry wood of choice pallet wood wall decor and it took off and then there's this flea market type deal in a neighboring town called canton texas and uh, one of the parents of the students that I taught kind of had it in there. And she said, hey, let's just kind of get you in and see how you like it and see if you want to sell. And we didn't have kids at this point. So why the heck not? You know, and so we started selling there for probably four to six months ish. And that was the way that we totally financed his second degree. And seeing that and I love the hustle. I worked all the summer. Um, in the awful Texas heat, but just being able to make those things. And then um, he helped out a good bit. Seth helped out a good bit in the, uh, in the shop too. And we got to do it together and it made sense. And then after that, uh, he got his degree. I had a baby. We moved all within two weeks of each other. That's a whole nother story that it could be made an epic movie out of those two weeks. It was intense. But um, once Lola, my oldest, was about a year-ish, I just kind of started tinkering in the garage again. And here we are, you know, a few years later, and I'm back at it again. So uh, I've, it's been amazing. I love it. But it's kind of a weird journey. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, are you back at selling it, too? Or are you just making stuff for your place? and Or what's oh, the current? Yeah, that's great. So Canton is now too far away for us to do any weekend stuff. And with kids, it just doesn't, when things start being a lot more work than they are joy, that's whenever I start saying, okay, we're going to put you up for a little bit and we'll revisit you, you know, whenever the day comes. So I haven't done any shows like that, but I get plenty of orders just off of friends and family. And now um, we live in Seth's hometown. So a lot of people know him and I'm trying to make, my own niche on what life looks like here in this town as a mom. And so making things and selling them here has just been, it's kind of a putter of a, of a process. I don't have just a, you know, I'm not doing any Etsy or anything like that, but it keeps me busy and I get to meet people. So I sell and make stuff. I just finished my last commission order before this baby comes. Uh, and now I'm switching gears to only making things for my home. Um, because the way that everything started with woodworking was I need solutions. I need to make solutions. And I completely passionately 
push that on other mothers that whatever way you can, if you have a complaint, go put your hands to it because believe it or not, you can, you know, you can fix it. You don't have to go to the store and buy it. You can do it yourself. And uh, so I'm kind of getting back to that. Okay. Um, so let's go back just a little bit. So you got that first table saw. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about you had, you took a year of shop, like, in <laughs> high school, right? So yeah. you had some, I mean, you had probably basic knowledge of working with tools and stuff, but mm-hmm. when it's come to like revisiting that, have you had any hesitancy with any tools in particular of like, Oh man. With them or jumping in with them? Heck yeah. I mean, anytime you have like some steel blade coming at your fingers, you better have some respect, you know? <laughs> no, in shop, most of my memories, I had this teacher, Mr. Collins, who also was the driving teacher. He's probably the most chill. I I guess you have to be chill to have that driving teaching certificate. But in the shop, like, you know, we're all operating these machines and he would just be like, okay, okay, don't do it like that. Like he talks so slow. And I remember thinking like, man, if I'm about to do something stupid, you might need to talk a little faster. (laughs) But my memories of shop though was a lot more scroll saw because I made, and now that I do a lot of scroll sawing now, that's funny because I didn't think about that when I bought my scroll saw uh, the past year or two. That's funny. I actually haven't put that together until just now, but I used to make stuff and uh, I got in trouble though, because I would sell it at school. Like I'd make people's names and like, apparently you're not supposed to hustle in high school. You're just supposed to make stuff for free. Completely disagree with that. But, um, so it, it didn't really fund my skill as a older adult, but it did fund my like, oh, here you go. You can make this and, you know, get it done and make somebody happy if you can't sell it. I guess that's what I had to be happy with. And, uh, but the, the, probably the scariest, I think most people would agree. Your table saw, you got to have mad respect for it. Kickbacks and all that kind of stuff. Not just cutting off your fingers, but. I had a coaster put a dent in my refrigerator the other day that was behind me. And like, here I am, I've been doing this a while and I'm like, Oh, this never gets comfortable and it shouldn't. But my router is my number two at, you don't mess with the router, man. I'll mess you up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, listened to the podcast, but that's like routers, my number one. Um, yeah, I actually, I don't own a table saw yet um just because i don't the type of woodworking i do i don't have a ton of use for it but um i i've had a router and until this year like Mm -hmm. i've had it for i don't know seven years until this year i didn't touch it (laughs) i had it for seven years and i didn't touch it um because that's like anybody i've ever talked to that's like you know lost a finger has lost a finger to a router, not to a table saw. So yeah, that scares the crap out of me. Um, yeah. but it's one of those things. Yeah. Just keep having that respect. It for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said you yeah. got rid of, you said you got rid of your, uh, you just got rid of your Ryobi table saw. So what kind of table saw do you have now? Uh, I've struggled and struggled. I ended up going with a DeWalt, uh, like a contractor, their big contractor saw. 
and with full intentions of building a uh, built-in workbench and actually got tons of orders in to where I funded enough money for the build because anything that I buy for the shop or any materials any money that I use for shop stuff has to come out of profits for what I make like I com it's completely different from my account you know our everyday account that's the only way to me that's like smart and sustainable to where my hobby doesn't become a burden to the family and um, I'm real conscious about that just to make sure you know keep everything straight in line but um, so with my money in mind I think it gave me the best bang for the buck but really I was just looking for accuracy because the Ryobi is great to get stuff done but don't count on that sucker being 90 degrees up and down it's not gonna be and if you need it 45 good luck with that too and I, I got frustrated I got tired of it so and I was looking into doing some hardwood stuff and um, it just couldn't cut it poor little guy he was a pine only cutter so I ended up DeWalt yeah um yeah I have no idea what when once I make that purchase I'm not sure part of it is I want I really want to wait until I can afford the saw stop I really yeah. do until I can afford that one that I mean you still can't obviously totally relax with it but it provides that extra measure of safety and I just kind of want to wait until I can afford that hey that's, <laughs> that's what's up though because like Having your standard and sticking to it, I've learned with tools, like, you just really have to get quality. You can't, you can't jack around with stuff. Maybe, maybe something like a scroll saw if you're just trying to dip your toe in it, but I don't even suggest that because I'm like, save yourself the headache, you know, and the worry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So what else do you have uh, tool-wise in your shop? Well, I'm a horrible Instagrammer. I don't ever post all the things that I should be proud of. I, I think my favorite thing, it's not even a tool that I've had. It's, um, I made a French cleat storage wall, which I don't think I ever posted. I was so proud of it. I showed my mom, I showed my neighbors, but I don't think I ever posted on Instagram. Um, but that sucker along with a 16 drawer, I ended up making a big 16 drawer storage it's like half a wall so I call it a storage wall that fits right underneath the French cleat system and um that thing has saved my efficiency like and it's enjoyable to go out there and to know where things are um, but as far as tools are concerned I put up I put up a lot of my wish list just because I've got this baby coming and some other things and I don't do good to want something it, it bugs me to want something so I told myself I'm going to be happy with what I have. I'm going to brush up on a few, like getting some better bits and some uh, something that will cut hardwoods better, smaller things like that, and kind of focus my attention there up until this next baby. And then once the baby gets here, the real next deal is, again, it's not a, it's not a, a machine or anything, but we really need a shop built out here. But living in the country, you know, you acquire tractors and implements for those tractors and the tools to help build all the things you need and shops just are a must out here and that's uh if I'm ever going to make a go of this that's my next big deal because I'm out of my garage I call it the shop but it's just it's connected to my kitchen so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well hey I mean that's I mean that's most of us right it's, yeah it that is our shop is the garage I mean mm -hmm. 
I don't work out of my garage attached to my home anymore just because, you know, my my wife said no more dust in the house. But yeah, I, rent, <laughs> I rent somebody else's two-car garage. So it's still like, you know, <laughs> it's still a garage. There's no yeah. you know, upgrade there. It's just somebody else's garage. <laughs> but I, I hear you there. That's like my probably top of my dream list is um, we live in town. So there's not really land on our current property to like enough to like build a shop. Mm-hmm. that's like my ideal is eventually like like we just need an acre just so I can mm-hmm. have like enough land to like build my shop so I can walk out the door to go to work every day and amen it's right there <laughs> yeah I believe that and we have we're on a little bit over 11 acres and so it's one of those it's like man if we don't have a shop are we really living on acreage you know and but uh it's going to be, it's going to be great whenever it happens, but I like being close now. My kids are young and not being far away is essential for us. And so there's a time of season for everything, but you also have to have goals. And, and I, I'm a push towards an inline kind of person. I like it. I like the way it feels, gives me direction and stay at home moms. Like not having direction is probably one of the most lethal things to us uh, because the things we have to put our hands to are cyclical. They never end you never finish. So right. the shop is probably one of the things that saves me the most in this, in this era of my life, just giving me that inline, that finish line to push towards and, um, and to be dedicated to besides, you know, the obvious things that I pour my heart into with the kids. But, um, if, when I, when this baby gets here, I'm giving myself six months of just chill. That's kind of my I make myself not do anything for six months besides just kids and it's good for the family. And but then once that six months is done, Ooh, it's time to hit that in line. Got to get work done. That's right. Um, no, I hear, I hear that, you know, I'm, I'm not a stay at home mom for the most part. My kids are either uh, in school or daycare during the day, but there are times of the year where, neither one of those things are going on and so the kids are home you know and so it's you know two to three weeks at a time where I am a stay-at-home mom um and I totally get that I just got through two weeks and I'm like I don't even know what day it is because like every day is the same so I don't even know what day it is (laughs) it can be it can be maddening and whether you do it every day all day like what I'm doing or you know, you have your stints, whatever. Uh, the The story is the same and the bond is the same between moms in general. You know, not in maybe not even the ones that stay at home, the ones that work and get to come home. You still have the same crap that we're dealing with. It, it's just maybe a different tiny bit of different flavor, but it, it can drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I know, okay, we've talked about goals of the shop and like your shop organization, but I know you've got to have that list somewhere where it's like <sighs> the next tool I'm going to buy is going to be this. What's that oh, next tool? The list I don't speak of because it hurts my heart that I want <laughs> things so bad. I think I've gone the number one and two and three spots kind of tend to fluctuate. Because if I do get one thing, it pushes the builds a different direction. Does that make sense? So like a bandsaw would just 
delight my heart. But the adult woodworker in me, the one who's like, no, Leah, duty first, take care of your lungs. I've got to get dust collection because like your wife, um, my people are like, hey, get the sawdust out of here because it's, it's sneezing and all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, dangerous or whatever that people talk about. But that I just don't want to spend money on it. I have to do so many adult things at my house and like, you know, be smart that like one day I didn't buy Oreos for myself because I needed to use that grocery money for like kids Cheerios or something like anyways, I don't want to have to be that adult in the shop. Right. But, um, that would probably be my number two, my number three. Oh, geez. I need an oscillating sander just to keep me sane from sanding. So I think for play bandsaw for adulthood dust collection, and just to keep me sane for, with my scroll saw and oscillating sander would be amazing. Yeah. The, all three of those are good. Yeah. I'm going to, I will tell you like, uh, like I, the biggest purchase I've ever made tool wise was my bandsaw. I bought like a Laguna 1412 bandsaw. Oh, fancy. I know. That was like my birthday present like two years ago to myself. Cause I was like, uh-huh. And it made a world of difference for like what I do. Like uh-huh. that thing gets used all the time. Um, but as far as like the other things, it's like I got my dust collector um, or parts of my dust collector anyways, like Facebook marketplace and stuff like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you can get good deals on some yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. I definitely would go secondhand, but yeah. I, oh man. That's on my, <laughs> it's on my list. Yeah. I tell you, I don't even talk about it because it, it hurts my heart so bad to want it. You know, I talked to one, uh, one of the maker moms and now I'm going to blank on which one talked about it, but, uh, they said like what they do in order to afford like the, the tools on their list is like when they get a commission, they like depending obviously depending on the size of the commission but they'll build in the price of that new tool into like the commission project let me get on that real quick let me go take a few more my (laughs) husband's like no more commissions until the baby like uh can we fit in you know three or four (laughs) so they they eat up like they eat up their profit with that one commission build right because they go and they like buy the tool but Uh they know that will save them time and energy and make them more efficient on all of the other commission builds down the line. So I thought, I thought that was a pretty good tip. Of course, again, depends on the size of the commission. You can't build the price of a bandsaw into like, well, debatable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm going to put that in my pocket because there's certain things. It's just, you know, you work yourself into a bind and then you have to, I hate to use a word again, but you have to make those solutions. And mm-hmm. if it really does help the quality and the the efficiency, that's, I think that's all I'm interested in lately is building that quality, building that efficiency and making my time more enjoyable out there because I'm not looking to add more to my plate, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, I need to throw in, I do need to throw in one more tool. Okay. I started thinking about it. <laughs> Can we throw in a festal domino? You know, yeah, you can throw that in there <laughs> and, and maybe a track saw. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. In, You're case done it, <laughs> in case anybody is listening and they have these things like th- those, 
We're adding those to the list. They're added to the list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you, when you first started, you're starting to, uh, for things for your house. And then you're kind of doing it as like the side hustle for extra cash for the home. But then as you're transitioning into being a maker mom, still doing commission works, like, do you enjoy, I guess, the business side of it? Like, is that something that adds enjoyment to the woodworking piece of it? Man, it's such give and take. Uh, I love it because that's literally the only connection I have to people that's not kids right now. And kids aren't the problem. They're definitely not the problem. The problem is just the essence of staying at home with kids is that you do kid life all day. It's a, it's like having one of those jobs that consumes you and you just don't talk about anything other than, I don't know, marketing, if that's what you do or whatever. And so I love it that it gives me that connection, but you know, there's the downsides of, uh, of dealing with people. I worked in Walmart for like six months and, uh, the whole idea of <laughs> of being a like constantly working with others strangers you know it can drain you in certain ways and give you life in other ways but those are the deadlines are probably the hardest deal for those around me i don't mind them as much i like the pressure a little bit you know um but the true give the true takeaway from it the reason why i keep taking commissions besides the obvious flow of money that it helps Parker Place continue on. Um, I just had a build and actually I haven't shared on it because I can't yet. So I'm going to talk super vague, which is going to be a little bit annoying, but I just had a build and it is possibly the most rewarding build that I've done today. Like, and me being pregnant, I really can't talk about it because I'm going to cry, which is so not cool to do for podcast. But, um, that, that continues to keep me going. And that one build along with another one that wasn't as sentimental and was, it was a lot more black and white, just something that a girl saw she wanted. I was an AC unit cover that I haven't posted on yet. And, um, but that is just as rewarding in a different way, but, um, and you get to meet people. So commissions are always going to be a part of the life. It may not drive business for me. Um, or it may later on become kind of the way that I do things with Etsy and all that business. But, um, I really like the personal aspect of it. That's why I just, it's really hard to turn down things because they're opportunities that I have, you know, and, uh, I can't wait when I do share this. In fact, later on, I'm going to send you through Instagram. I'm going to send you a screenshot of what I, uh, what I'm talking about. And I'll tell you the story behind it, but it's just, it's a heartthrob. That's why I do what I do. I like the heartthrob. That's great. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see what you share that you've been working on. Um, so you kind of, you, you mentioned Etsy. Is that, I mean, is that something you hope to get to like selling your oh. own stuff versus, you know, building to just somebody else's kind of um, yeah. design? Oh. Well, part of it is my ignorance of not knowing what else is out there, what other kind of platforms. Um, Because, you know, SD is the main online marketplace that you hear of, that people know of, that they go to. Uh, But right now, it's it's just kind of one of those opportunities floating in the back of my mind to get away from having to do so much custom. 
Um, because there's a part of like, there's tons of makers that I've seen that they're like, man, I'm just, I'm spent doing other people's ideas. I'm ready to throw some of my own out there. But then the sheer amount of time that it takes to do somebody else's idea, cause you're having to fabricate it from the top to bottom, you know, and pray you get it right. That's the failures that come with those type of, of builds are, I don't know, double, triple than what it would be if I'm creating my own something, you know? Uh, but then the other part of it is with Etsy, are you making something that somebody wants to buy? Cause with the custom build, somebody wants to buy that it's guaranteed right then and there, but I don't know which one I'd rather take a, a shot for as the majority of, of my builds. So today I'm just kind of playing it the way I play it. I think, I think you have to have almost a mix of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what that magic number is. I, when I first started almost three years ago, like officially as my business, um, I was like, I am not taking commissions at all because I, this is going to sound really bad, but I don't like people. <laughs> I don't like dealing it's hard. and dealing with like, you know, you think you get a color right or something and they're like, nope, I don't mm -hmm. like that. And you have to sand it all down and like start over and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So I was like, no. And plus I really do like my dream is to one day have my own furniture line. And so I'm like, I want to spend my time on that. Mm -hmm. But then what I end up having is, you know, even now it's like, I have this, huge inventory because I've been building and I make sales through different app, you know, retailers and stuff, but not enough to sustain it as a business. And so it's yeah. like, I've had to kind of come around and be like, okay, I'll take commissions, but I only really take commissions if it's somebody coming to me and going, Hey, I really like your aesthetic. Like I like mm -hmm. what you do. I just want it to like, can you make me this product, but in your own like aesthetic, like then I'll take commissions nice. yeah. because it's like, okay, they already know my work. And uh -huh. so I'm not having to do something that like I completely hate doing. Yeah. You're not having just to pretend to, to be paycheck. somebody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel yeah. that. And yeah. I'm learning now to say a lot more like uh, the, my big thing that I don't know of is everybody asks you, what is your niche? What do you want to make? And I cannot answer that question today. And it's okay to not be able to answer that question today. I, I tell myself that often because not everything has to be so predictable. But eventually, I really am trying to push. And I think after this next baby gets here, that's probably something I'm going to do a little bit more internal search on. Where do I want to go with this? What do I want to do with it? Um, and to funnel it into a space, you know, so I can start taking commissions that are based on me and not based on maybe per se somebody else but there's always that one time that you're like I'm just gonna go ahead and try this that's that's where I get myself in trouble because I'm like yeah I can do that <laughs> and I blame that on my parents they told me I can do anything and I believed them so their fault <laughs> totally their fault yeah. well, I, hope, I hope you can't hear this my my dog is snoring beside me oh so sweet <laughs> And and doing one of those running dreams, so we'll see how much this how much this transfers through to the audio. As, as long as people know it's not coming from me, that noise is not coming from me. Or me, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> totally my dog. Yeah. Ah, wake up. Yeah, he's not listening to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So how are you managing currently? You've got two. I'll call it two and a half kids, right? Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> you're you're you know getting time in the shop you're selling commission work how are you doing all that and not losing your mind oh it's not cute it is not a cute process and uh this pregnancy has been noticeably harder for me compared to my other two but i hate to even say that because there's women who you know they yak from day one to day last and I haven't had that kind of experience, but you know, the fatigue and the headaches and things keeps your pace modest is the way I'll put it. Um, my timelines have, you know, had to be a little bit longer and, but I think actually normal life really would have put the pace pretty close to where it's at now. Uh, but finishing my last commissions, the things I'm looking forward to, to build, they're all for the household. There's no really I've got my mind of what I want to build before the baby gets here and I will get it done. I'm not going to be told no by anybody. I'll tell you what they are just so you, so the internet can keep me honest and they can uh, help counterbalance the words that I get from said husband and whatnot. But um, we need storage in our home because whoever built our home apparently doesn't need it in their life. So we're building a bed that's got like the little lift mechanism, kind of like in RVs, uh, to where you can put storage underneath it. And I've actually got the lumber. I moved five sheets of plywood. Oh, people are probably going to get mad at me for this, being big pregnant. I moved five sheets of plywood and two big sheets of MDF just the other day into the garage, ready to, to get this build going. By myself, but I did it smart, so don't come at me, internet. Don't give me any flack. Um, and then I like to build... Uh, a Murphy bed, the awesome orange, you know, she's built one recently and I'm going to go off what she's got. Um, I think DIY life. Oh, I can't remember her call name. She's the one who did the lift bed. So I'm kind of touching base off of her plans. And, uh, and then there's a myriad of things, man, my kitchen's a wreck. I got to build some storage solutions for there, but they're not the kind that you really want to post on Instagram because it's like, I don't need people to know how messy things were before. So I don't need them to see how like normal they look now, which is a big win for me. I'm just trying to get to normal, you know, but um, those two big builds are probably, they're probably going to be the ones that I look forward to the most. And, uh, but I like the big builds who doesn't, right. You know, I'm just, I'm ready for, ready for solutions though in the house. And my kids need a nap more often so I can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can figure out how to make that happen, let me know. Cause my well, three and a half year old has decided she doesn't nap at home anymore. Like she's, oh, yeah, that's the worst. Mine, <laughs> Lola is three. She's working on three and a half. She did the same thing. And I'm like, when did you become an adult? Like you don't need to be one today. Go to sleep. But she disagrees. Yeah. I think, I think partially, at least in my house, it's because older brother's six. And so, you know, he uh, doesn't nap. And so it's like, she's got to keep the pace. That's right. She's got to yeah. keep the pace. She doesn't want to miss a beat of what he's up to, you know, but well, yeah. respect to her. It's just hard on us mamas. We're like, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I need a break. Um, yeah. All right. So what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? Well, my catchphrase that I go to often is that my kids keep me sane from shop life, but shop life keeps me sane from kid life. And, uh, and there's the, the satisfaction of getting something done in there. But 
ultimately, you know, I got a teacher's heart and my kids need to see that if you have an issue, you can go however God has prepared you for this to solve this problem. You need to go and you need to tackle it, you know, and if that comes at involving other people to help you with that problem, do it. It's, it's worth making our own solutions is worth involving other people more into our problems. Like to me, it solves so many different issues in your life of having community and everything like that. But I want my kids to learn that, that you can do it, whether you're dad or mom or sister or brother, you know, solve your problems. And the, the shop does that a lot for me. And it reminds me that I have that skill. And um, I think a lot of us moms and dads, we need that reminder that we can do more than just what our normal humdrum everyday things require of us. And, um, and I like to take risks and, but I want to take the calculated ones, not the ones that, that could possibly, you know, have a, a drawback that could be detrimental. And the shop allows me to do that in calculated ways. So it's been a huge blessing to me, huge blessing. I like that. And I hope my kids are learning, you know, they're young, but they're going to see these things and these pictures one day. And I hope they just know it was a lot less to build something and to be proud of it. And like to say, look what I did. And a lot more about the process and the failures and the work, hard work, you know, mm-hmm. but they'll, they'll get that one day. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part about being a mom? Oh man. I th- I think the thing, the shocker that I learned most about mom is how far last you can become. But even though that's one of the hardest things to learn, it's one of the things you value most as a mom is that you can absolutely love something so much that you can put yourself so incredibly last in a way that, that can show them that love. That's the only way we know how to do it. I think is to, to say, I love you so much that yes, I will get you milk before I go use the bathroom. I've had to use the bathroom for the past two hours, but I'm going to go get you milk first because I love you and I birthed you and you're worth it. <laughs> but being a mom, it's, it's the number one way to learn how to be a servant. And that is what I wish I was better at. And I wish that I could encourage others to be. We're all a work in progress. And, um, but mom and man, that'll do it to you real quick. I love those little buggers. <laughs> and yes it will do it to you real quick yeah. um and i love your example of yes i've had to go to the bathroom for two hours but i will get you because <laughs> yes, yes. does that <laughs> yes i'm i'm right now making myself a uti for you and your milk <laughs> that's right you're welcome <laughs> have you felt like there's been any challenges uh that you've had to kind of face while you're on this journey of um being a woodworker and uh entrepreneur kind of a more traditionally male dominated field oh man i mean you always get the cute the cute things that happen in home depot and whatnot and i call them cute because i don't truly believe that anyone is just ill-mannered by nature i think there's a lot of ignorance that happens and that's what i write off a lot of some of the encounters that I've had with men, but on the whole, from my experience, I know not a lot of people can say this and I hate that, but there's just guys that want to help. And us women, we have those doe eyes that just apparently scream, 
I need all the help for everything in my life. I can't eat without you, you know, but it's, it comes from a good place from the, the men who have helped me and um, whether it be unsolicited advice or whatever, but listen, you're going to get that from your grandma. Like that's not like a male dominated thing to have unsolicited advice. That's going to happen on me ma at Thanksgiving. She's going to tell you about your life and the things you need to do. So it's always welcome to me because I think that people genuinely just want to help each other. And um, so on the male dominated side of things, um, I just shake my head a lot and say, yes, thank you. And then go a lot, you know, about my business, but being pregnant right now, um, I don't particularly like, I don't want to say I don't like asking for help. I don't mind it, but like, I, I want to be able to do things myself, like load my own wood and whatnot. And it's nice to have this belly sticking out. And then people just start jumping at this three quarter, you know, or three, four inch plywood panels and like let me put this in this truck for you and I'm like good I need to be pregnant for a lot longer you know coming here because I didn't really want to do that but I was gonna do it but um I haven't dealt with a lot of the backlash though that a lot of people will have that a lot of other friends have had and that's unfortunate for them but I think the longer we go we'll have those experiences and I'll just have to hope that my mouth reflects my heart <laughs> and that's a scary situation for me. I don't know what I'm going to say to people, but um, I think people just want to be helpful though. Yeah. I think for the most part they do uh, want to be helpful. I don't even have necessarily, I mean, I have the stories from Home Depot and Lowe's and yeah. stuff like that, that people have said stuff, but <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily bother me as much. Probably the worst instance I've had is like going into like a legit lumber, uh, lumber yard, you know, office and like guys standing around who work there who refuse to like help me because, oh, yeah. I'd shank a sucker. That'd be <laughs> tough for me. Oh, man. Well, well, I just boil it down to, well, then you don't get my business. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's all I can really do, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't need to get, uh, I don't know. I don't need to get angry or mean while I'm there. Not to say that I wasn't angry, but. Yeah, um, for real. (laughs) But I don't, I can just take my money elsewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. We've, I've had such good experiences. I've got two hardwood places here in town. I say in town, it's the next biggest town to me. And uh, they, although they have talked to my husband before they speak to me, but like I said, to me, I chalk it up to ignorance and I throw my questions in there, but I don't need any respect from anybody because I I know my worth and the things that I do. I know my education in it, how much I know. And so it's helped me relax in a lot of those situations. But do I wish that somebody would talk to me first, you know, just to kind of give me that, hey, maybe she, you know, that'd be nice. But I've had, I think, because I have such good guys that I work with right now and buy my materials, it it might save me, you know, from being deterred from a lot of the stuff that I do. I just hate it for other people that they don't, you know? That would... Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think, uh, to your point, I mean, the more of us that get out there, right, uh, mm-hmm. 
the more, I guess, I hate using this word, but the more normal, and yeah. I mean, the air quotes, the more normal it gets, yeah. um, we'll probably see less of those reactions yeah. happening. Yeah, I hope so. There's always the hope, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So you've kind of given it throughout, but is there, if you're meeting a, a mom who wants to tackle a new uh, skill like making or woodworking or DIY, but hesitant to get started, what kind of advice would you give them? Oh man, I've got it. My middle sister, she just said she wanted floating shelves the other day and uh, she's arguing with her husband on like how to accomplish said shelves. So she's asking me some stuff. And, uh, and I told her, I was like, well, you just, just bypass the husband. I was like, don't ask him his opinions. Cause he's going to give them to you. Like how much worse could it be? You asked them, you don't really want to know, you know, anyways, but the way I spoke to her is the way I would speak to any woman, whether it's woodworking or whatever, but primarily woodworking, you can do this yourself. If you can go cook a meal because you're hungry, you can go make a shelf because you need some pictures to sit on a ledge, you know, and in the world we live in today, I don't feel like we have any excuses to say that we cannot do something with YouTube. Instagram has been this crazy golden social media outlet. I never expected or else I would have been doing it years back. But, um, of people who have a wealth of knowledge and you don't really have to search for it. They're right there, you know, and 99% of the people that I have on my feed, I could go shoot them a question today. I would get an answer within 24 hours, you know? And, um, but to all the moms is find yourself an hour, find yourself somebody with tools, bat your pretty little eyes, borrow them and go get to work, you know? And, and, get what you can get out of the life you have. But I, I just, it's like the best, it's like running. You need very little equipment or you can borrow it from somebody to accomplish what you need. And um, man, I just, I just wish I could get more moms out there and just get them all together and say, all right, let's, let's get to work. Um, Cause I just think encouragement is what anybody needs, you know, and, and maybe a circular saw in their hand, but yeah. And safety and safety equipment, internet. That <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah, safety yeah, safety equipment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I've had recently too some people mention on the podcast, like they really appreciate some of the I guess I'll call them the uh OGs of maker moms who have, you know, the Instagram accounts like uh the Shanty to Chic. Um yeah. and um Anna White and stuff like, you know, they've got the YouTube videos out there and sometimes um, that can be more encouragement more than, um, you know, not that it has to matter, but I've had some say like seeing other women in particular, like do these things gives them more confidence to do them. Yeah. Like I'm an everyday person, you know? Right. Yeah. And, I needed a bed with storage and my husband's an amazing man. I don't, but I don't feel the need to wait for him to be able to make that choice or that the plans or to do anything. Although he is very capable, but me being assertive helps save him to do other things, to be able to 
to be compassionate, you know, with our kids. And if I leaned on him to do all those things, maybe he would be robbed of that and that time that he gets with them. And so I, I see a lot of value with it, but I mean, to use the probably overused phrase empowerment with making something yourself, it really does kind of get to be a thing with you. Like when you, you make that thing and you look at it, you're like, dang, I put my hands to that. I learned something new and I didn't care. I just went for it. That's really what I want people to realize. Like you don't have to wait, you know, you can do it yourself, but yep, exactly. that, yeah. In all, in all good measure though, cause there's some things that are just better off, you know, if you can figure out another way to accomplish it, I'm all for that. I'm, I got two kids, one coming, I need easy in my life, you know, but, uh, but I, I wish I could preach that message in my own hometown. And that's kind of what I, I hope to be able to do. Like uh, the girl I made the AC cover for, um, she's a sweet girl. I really wanted to be like, come over to my house. We'll make it together. And I won't charge you, you know, or anything right. with the, the lumber, but she's a stranger. And I feel like that would be a real creeper way to approach a sale is to say, come over to my house, you know, and <laughs> I live 20 minutes out of town. You don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> right. But you know what I have used though. I haven't had anyone take me up on it yet. What I have used before is when people will say like, I really like your style you know, and, and I know you're worth it, but I just, I can't afford to like, have you make this for me. So what I'll do in those cases, cause it's usually women, you know, who have been saying that to me is like, you know what, if you cover the cost of the lumber, I will teach you how to make this. That's what's you up. You can make yeah. it yourself, you know, and unfortunately no one's taking me up on it, but it's like. I'm coming over. I'm coming over <laughs> right now because I've seen things you make and I want to learn how to make it. I'll go over the cost of the materials. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you'll have that opportunity someday where someone will pitch it or say something like that. Um, That'd and, be awesome. And I think it is really great if you can have those opportunities to teach somebody to start making for themselves. Yeah, I have a sister-in-law who just, they're just moving into a house that they built themselves. And she was talking about a few things and, and I didn't, I didn't get to capitalize on this opportunity yet, but she was wanting to, um, it doesn't matter. Anyway, she needed Dremel and I was about to go buy a brand new one. Um, cause mine's a little bit antiqued <laughs> old. Um, but just to go do it with her, to have that one thing you get to do together and to, you know, show it in her house every time she gets to look at it, every time I get to look at it, it's that thing that we got to experience together. And there's another girl, a stranger that's having a wedding and I, I need to go back and find her on my Instagram uh, messages, but I think she was going to make a majority of her decorations herself, which is what I did for my own wedding. And, um, but she couldn't afford certain stuff. I might reach out to her and say, Hey, just come on over. Like I'm not a creeper. Like that's the thing I worry most about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to like, I don't know, seduce anybody into the woods, <laughs> but, uh, but I want genuinely people to be able to accomplish things. And I've got the tools, you know, I've done the hard work to get the tools. So, so if anybody hears that and they're in East Texas, come on over. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Are there any other uh, maker moms that you want to take that inspire you that you want to take a, a minute to shout out? Oh man. Now oh, this man. one I should have pregame for. I didn't think about writing off my people down, but, 
well, now the one, the first one that comes to mind is Brit at Overalls and Power Saws. And uh, I actually have to message her back because we talked Marco Polo, the little messaging app thing. But she's off Instagram now. And so I'm shouting out to a ghost. But that girl has the encouragement that comes along with the knowledge. Those are the people who are going to rise to the top for you. And one of the other that so many people can say this is Lizzie. Of course, Lizzie at House of Timber. Uh, now she's though part that, of the make. Yeah. I know, though that girl's going to make me want to have another baby. I told oh, her to well, quit sharing the, the videos and the pictures of her. <laughs> she has to stop. It's, it's her fault. There's like a baby boom going among makers right now, and it's her fault. Like, uh, the, you know, you got Charlie, the little baby Charlie, and um, who else? Oh, um, uh of course with my names, I'm not going to think of it. I'm not gonna be able to think of any, Look, I'm going to get my phone out and look on Instagram, but there's so many of those moms. Uh, Leslie, mm-hmm. uh, had her baby a few months ago. Those are the women that I look to that I'm like, you're doing dope stuff in your shop. You got your kids, you're having more kids and you're still doing dope stuff in your shop as it lends to the lifestyle that you have now. And I've, I just think that we should learn that we should learn how to evolve as other women show us on Instagram. That is so, so good in our craft as a mother, as a human and share it all. Like I'm Seth and I are pretty reserved with what we try and put out there. There's certain things that are just better whenever they're kept for you, you know? Um, But if the value of sharing it can enhance somebody's life the way that other women have enhanced mine, it, it makes me want to share, you know, the struggles as well as the triumphs that happen. Uh, unfortunately, I'm just, like I said, I'm horrible at Instagram. <laughs> just, just being able to text my mom requires so much effort. And I'm sure my mom is going to be somewhere and saying, well, thank you for doing that, Leah. Appreciate it. But uh, I, there's so many women that I can't even, and some of them don't even have kids. It, it's not a requirement to have kids to have a struggle to be in this craft, you know. Um, like Sadie at the Awesome Orange. I love the stuff she does. I love her hustle. And she's very real on saying, you know what? This one just didn't work out. And this one did. And those are the people I look to. But mm-hmm. this social media network lends to authenticity. And um, you have your bouts of the other folks that come through and, you know, spout off their whatever their life is like, which I can't even imagine some of the hatred that happens, you know? But it's far and few in between the ones that are seeking out to say, this is a life worth living and I want to share it with you, you know? So big shout out to the ladies of Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Leah. Well, if people are not following along with you, where can they, where can they find you on the, on the interwebs to follow along? Oh man. The doldrums of, of my Instagram would probably be the best in the first. I do. I have Facebook, but, with football season and politics approaching, Facebook is not where you want to find me. I don't, I don't, that's like walking into the messiest part of your house. I just avoid it. And if I don't look at it, it doesn't exist. Right. But I have it out as a social media platform. Um, and then I had a website a while back when I was getting real serious, but kids definitely revoked, uh, that time slot to keep up a website. 
So I think you're just going to have to holler at me old school, either instant message on, on Instagram or, Hey, if you want my number, I'll give you that. Just, you know, as long as you're not a creeper. We've, we've covered that base, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No yeah. creepers on either yes. side, right? No, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Not interested. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Leah, thanks for talking yeah. with me today. It's my joy to talk to another human being about anything other than spit ups and whatnot. So <laughs> you call me, we can do this anytime. I'm down. <laughs> awesome. All right. Again, that was Leah with Parker Place. I will include links on how to follow along with her in the show notes. The easiest way to get to the show notes is to follow Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. So that's just at Maker Mom Podcast. And the link in the bio there, you can get to the show notes, you can get to Patreon from there. You can also check out um, the fabulous brands, uh, workwear brands that support women makers as well through that link. So go check that out. And until next week, I will see you later. Have a happy and great holiday weekend. Also, if you are here in the States. All right, later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.